we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. John chapter 1, and uh, we'll begin reading uh, in verse number 35. The Bible says, Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master. Where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Tonight we're going to talk about Andrew, and uh, pastors already made all the jokes about Andrew Cruz, so I will refrain from, from those jokes, um, but if you want the sermon on Andrew Cruz, I'll see you after church, and I can give you that, that sermon later, but we're talking about Andrew tonight. Andrew is one of my favorite Bible characters, and probably my favorite uh, apostle to, to study. I've, I've entitled it, Andrew, the Overshadowed Apostle, the Overshadowed Apostle, Andrew, uh, when, we, when we begin to study Andrew, we don't find uh, an overabundance of information about him, but there is enough in the Bible, all that God wanted us to have about Andrew. So there's no need to add anything, uh, any speculation to his life. All that God wanted us to have is right here. So who was Andrew? And I'll give you some facts about Andrew. Andrew was born in Bethsaida, a small town uh, just east of Nazareth where Jesus grew up. Later, Jesus would eventually uh, denounce and rebuke this city for not receiving his teachings. I think you could say of Bethsaida, like you could of Nazareth, can any good thing come out of Bethsaida? Uh, Wasn't much there, wasn't much to speak about, but three of our disciples are from there. Bethsaida. He's only mentioned 12 times in the Bible. Four of those is in a list with the other uh, 12 disciples. Andrew means man. It's closely related Uh, to Andrea, it's a Greek word meaning courage, and is most often defined as manly. Andrew was a fisherman by trade. He was a a follower, as we just read, of John the Baptist. And what I love about John the Baptist, just uh, for a parenthesis in this story, is John the Baptist's preaching caused others to follow Jesus, not to follow himself. So as John pointed others to Christ, his followers also pointed others to Christ. One of the first disciples to follow Jesus, if not, some believe that he was the first, but he was one of the first as we read here. History records show that he took the gospel to other regions around the world. History is not completely clear on his death, but all accounts agree that he was a martyr and he died for the cause of Christ. But he's mostly known, and you could all uh, tell us this about Andrew for sure, he's mostly known for being the brother of Peter. And he's, uh, as he's listed throughout the Bible in the New Testament, he's never listed first. It's always Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, 
writer Peter, and Andrew, his brother. What was he like? There's, uh, he was a man of few words. He didn't say a whole lot. He's not mentioned much in the few times that he's mentioned. Uh, he doesn't speak a whole lot. He doesn't, he doesn't say much. He was not a person who was often in the spotlight. He, was, uh, he acted quickly and intentionally. He didn't waste time. Andrew's entire life was hidden in the shadow of his brother, Peter. Spurgeon said of Andrew, it takes more grace than I can tell to play second fiddle. Speaking of Andrew's life. You can imagine growing up with someone like Peter, and we all know Peter, and I'm going to try not to talk too much about Peter, because I think Andrew's going to speak on Peter later this summer. But uh, when we talk about Andrew, we have to talk about Peter a little bit. So, I'm confused already. (laughs) So you can imagine growing up with someone like Peter. Peter was a a spotlight kind of guy. He was out front. Uh, He spoke a lot, even when uh, he was not spoken to. He answered a lot, even if it was the wrong answer. But you can imagine that household growing up, Andrew and Peter, and uh, Peter was the one always uh, out front speaking. We never read anything of Andrew of any kind of jealousy. Instead, we see Andrew acting, serving, and loving in his own way. If I could think of a word uh, that describes him, there are several that come to mind, but he was truly content with his role. The Bible says, love envieth not. Matthew Henry said, when Jesus took Peter into the house of Jairus to witness his greatness, and on up to the heights of Hermon to witness his glory, and into Gethsemane to witness his grief, Andrew was content. So even as we see, as they grow up and become men, and they're following Jesus together, serving God together, and Jesus is often with Peter, And his inner circle there, and he takes them aside. And there was a couple times where Andrew was with them, but most of the time it was just the three. We never read of any jealousy. No, we don't know his heart, but the Bible never gives us any any indication that he was jealous of his brother. I think he was more uh, proud of who Peter became. I think he was encouraged by what God did with Peter. In this story that we just read, this is where Andrew's life changed. Look in verse 38. Then Jesus turned and saw them following. And at that moment, that's when Andrew's life changed. Andrew was not a time waster. He had heard the the teachings of John so much and he knew about Jesus and who the Messiah was that when the Messiah called him, he was ready to follow. Jesus turned. I love what John, in verse number 36, what John said, and looking upon Jesus as he walked. Looking upon Jesus. And that's what John the Baptist's ministry was, looking to Jesus. And by the way, that's what our life should be. Right? If I want my life to be defined by anything, it would be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And that's the way John the Baptist led and, and preached, looking To Jesus, when we're not sure where to go, when we don't have the answer, when it's just a normal day, look upon Jesus. He will not fail you, He will not lead you astray. Jesus told him, Come and see. And we'll get to Andrew's question in just a minute, but Jesus said, Come and see. Come and see. Come follow me. And Andrew followed Jesus, and that's where his life changed forever. Andrew did not let his quiet and meek personality keep him from serving the Lord. And then I have this question, and it'll lead into our 
message tonight, but what did Andrew desire? We read it, we, we, we've uh, spoken a little bit about his past, who he was, where he came from, what he was like, but what did he desire? It's our true desire that shows itself in our actions more than the words that we say. We can say what we desire to have or to do or to be, but what we do shows what we truly desire to have, to do, or to be. I could say a lot of things, but what I do shows who I truly am. I could say that I desire this or I desire that or I want to do this or I'm going to do this, but my true desire comes out by what I do. And that's what we see in Andrew's life. Andrew didn't feel the need to talk about everything. He just acted. 1 John chapter 3 says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. James speaks a lot of the, on this subject of our works and our actions. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Instead of bragging about what he was going to do, instead of complaining about what he couldn't do, Andrew just simply did what he knew to do. And that's what I like about Andrew. As I studied his life and started digging into uh, the things that he did and, and, and watched him in Scripture, I saw that he was just a man of action. A man of few words, never spoke to large crowds, didn't write a book, but God used him in his own way. He was not overlooked by Jesus. He was not overlooked by the Lord, and the Lord used him in a great way. Let's look at some things very quickly about Andrew that speak louder than words. Number one, he desired godly company. He desired godly company. Look in verse number 35. Again, the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Andrew was one of the first disciples called, but he was not alone. He was not alone. He desired to be with godly people. He, he desired to be with those who pointed him to Christ. How do we know that? Because he told us? No, but because he showed us. He followed John the Baptist. Why? Because John the Baptist was preaching about the Messiah. Why did he follow John the Baptist? Because he wanted to know more about this Jesus. And there were others there with him. Some believe that this was John himself that was with Andrew as Jesus called them to himself. He's surrounding himself with the right kind of people. I think of all those who, uh, all the great men and women who are known for great things were always accompanied by someone else. Always had someone encouraging them, someone uh, in the boat with them, someone working alongside them. Maybe not as well known, but they were there with them. I think of all those who fell into sin or fell by the wayside. They too were not alone. They desired the wrong kind of people. Association. Who are we more comfortable around, teenagers? Those who point us to Christ and go with us to follow Him or those who view Him afar off or those who are content to not view Him or follow Him at all? One of the greatest things we can do is surround ourselves with people who want to follow God with us. I tell the teenagers this story often about my own personal life, and I'll not go into details with it, but I can remember 
very vividly. Even as a young man, I understood. I remember as a, as a middle school boy, I had friends who did the wrong thing. And when I was around them, what did I do? The wrong thing. Y'all awake? I feel like it's Sunday school all over again. I did the wrong thing. When I was around the kids, that did wrong. And I, I can remember as God just one by one took those friends out of my life. Left the school. Whatever. Got mad at me for something and didn't talk to me again. I don't know what the case was. But as they began to get out of my life and I saw how God brought people along to help me and encourage me. That's when my life began to change. And when you're surrounding yourself with the right kind of people, you'll more than likely do the right kind of thing. And Andrew was not alone. It wasn't an accident. One thing I love about Andrew's life, he was very intentional. He was very intentional with everything that he did. We don't just grow closer to God on accident, right? We don't just, uh, we don't just get rid of sin by accident. We do it intentionally. So number one, we see that Andrew desired godly company. Number two, he desired to grow closer to the Lord. He desired to grow closer. Look in verse number 38. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master. And this was their question. Where dwellest thou? Where dwellest thou? They desired, Andrew desired to grow closer to God. Where dwellest thou? Growth and location go hand in hand. If Andrew could be where Jesus was, then he could grow. What kind of position are we putting ourselves in that will allow us to grow? Is Jesus enough for us? Andrew just thought, he said, if I can just be with Jesus, then I'll be where I'm supposed to be. That's a good idea. Amen. Parents, where do we have our children? Where, you know, we've heard this over. I don't understand. I don't know why my kid is this, or I don't know why they're doing that, or going this direction. And where are they? The, your, your growth and your location go hand in hand, right? Have your children in church. The timing, the timing is everything. Andrew followed John because he believed his teaching about the Messiah. And John's preaching pointed people to Jesus, just like the man that was preaching the night that Spurgeon got saved. He said, look to Jesus. Look Look, look. And I'm glad we have a pastor that preaches look to Jesus. Right? Every week. And that's, that's what, what Andrew was following. But I believe Andrew was ready for the, for the real thing. He was ready to follow Jesus for himself. So he desired, he desired that, uh, that closeness with Jesus. And you've heard it over and over. You're as close to God as you want to be. You're as close as you want to be right now. Right? So he desired that closeness. Number, number three, he desired to continue. He desired to continue. Later, uh, later in this book, in chapter 15, we read a lot about this word abiding. And I'll not take the time to read it all. But John uses a form of abide over 40 times in this gospel record. It was very important to him to abide. The word abide means to stay, to continue, to reside. Once they got a closer look at Jesus, they knew they wanted to stay for a little while. He desired to continue. Look at verse number 39. He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and did what? Abode with him that day. So they didn't just want a glimpse of Jesus. They didn't just want to see him afar off. They didn't just want to even hear 
the, the preaching about Jesus, though that's a great thing, they wanted to know them, know him for themselves. They wanted to know more about Jesus, sure, but they wanted to know him as a friend. They wanted to know him personally. They wanted to know more about him. How do you know more about someone? You spend more time with them. And Andrew was abiding with Jesus, and this changed his life forever. Then number four, and of course this is the one that we all know about Andrew, he desired to guide others to Christ. Now that Andrew has spent time with Jesus, he looks past his inabilities, and he brings people to Jesus. Every time Andrew is mentioned in Scripture, he's bringing somebody to Jesus. Wouldn't that be good if that was said of you? If that was said of me. And we don't know a, a lot about Andrew. We don't know a lot about his strengths and his weaknesses. The Bible doesn't give us a, too much about him like we see Peter and others. But we know this. He brought people to Jesus. He knew who to, uh, to call on when people came to him looking for something. I wonder how many of us, as we go throughout our week and we go to work or we go to school or wherever we go, and people come to us with, with problems or, or things that are going on in their life, concerns, difficulties that they're having with their family, loss of a loved one, and we can bring them to Jesus. But there's a difference in pointing someone to Jesus and bringing them to Jesus. You can only bring them to Jesus if you know Jesus yourself, who he brought, Andrew brought who he could to Jesus, not multitudes, but individuals. He brought those around him. Spurgeon uses the word earnest to describe Andrew's life. Earnest means zealous in intention, purpose, or effort. He said this, Spurgeon said this, if you stop and do nothing until you can do everything, you remain useless. And I look at guys my age and even younger who are wanting to get into the ministry and are, are, you know, their desire is to pastor these large churches and, and, and be leaders of these large groups. But if they, could, if they could get a hold of this, if we could get a hold of this, if you stop and do nothing until you can do everything, you remain useless. Andrew did what he could do. He took people to Jesus that were around him. Number one, he took his home. In verse number 41, this is uh, not new to any of you. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah. We found him. The one we've been hearing about. The one John has preached of. We found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. He brought his brother to Jesus. You don't find Peter without Andrew. The history of the church is the history of little men who led big men to Christ and whoever afterward reveled in what the big man was doing and thanked God for the joy of having led that one to the Lord. That's what John Phillips said of Andrew's life. Peter would preach to thousands and perform miracles and write two important epistles in the New Testament. Andrew did not, but he did what he was supposed to do. He followed Jesus. Jesus was enough for Andrew, and he went to his home first. Andrew started at home. By the way, this is where Christ started as well. Our homes can sometimes be the most unreached people group. It can sometimes be the most difficult place to reach. The Bible tells us that a qualification for a pastor is one that ruleth well his own home. If you go through life and fail to minister to your own home, what have you accomplished? All Christians must work intentionally 
in their homes. We must have a concern, and that concern must lead us to action and intentionally bringing things in and intentionally taking things out. He brought children to Jesus. Of course, we know the story of the feeding of the multitude and the little lad. He brought them to Jesus. We see in John chapter 12, verse 20 and 21, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. For Andrew, Jesus was enough. Life was simple for him. Bring people to Jesus. That's what I like about Andrew. He was a simple man. He was a man of few words, but his actions spoke loudly. Jesus was all he needed, and he understood that Jesus is all anyone ever needed. We don't need all the other things. We don't need to crowd our life with, with other stuff. We just need Jesus. And if you could take anything away from Andrew's life, take away, of course, that he, that he brought people to Jesus. Of course. He brought his brother, the little lad, these Gentiles. But he did it because his life was changed. And I can't help but to think about Brother Odom's message several weeks ago. And as you go preach, and that's what Andrew did. He just helped those that he could help. You may not be able to preach to thousands. You may not be able to lead large groups. But you can point the individual to Jesus just like Andrew did. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.